Okay, so the National Arts Festival, guys, they've made the decision to go digital this year. Excellent. And we have an explanation on to, as to how the 11-day festival will do this. So we joined on the line by Monica Newton. She's CEO of the National Arts Festival. Good afternoon, Monica. How are you? Good afternoon, and, and good afternoon to the team. Thank are you, you for inviting us. Are you keeping safe during these COVID times? Indeed, indeed, and I have good news for you. You won't need a jet to come to the National Arts Festival this year. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and I think a lot of people are asking why the decision to go digital mm. instead of completely cancelling it or maybe even postponing uh, the festival until a, later, until a later date. We thought a lot about all of those options. Um, cancellation was a difficult one because obviously mm. if we cancel, then nobody benefits. And I think we were fairly fortunate to have a little bit more time than some of the other major festivals that sort of had to make, obviously, a, a decision to cancel because the, the lockdown provisions came so close to their yeah, date. So yeah. about 100 days before, we really started asking ourselves whether it would be possible for us to have a live festival in Makanda as we've done for the last 44 years. Mm. So we talked about postponement, but the, the National Arts Festival is really huge. It's 60 venues um, between 500 and 600 productions, and we pretty much use every single space and place around the city. And with the lack of clear information about whether or not the, what the school schedule was going to be and how the, the lockdown and disaster management protocols would look um, in the next couple of months, mm. not to mention the very hot summers in Makanda, mm. we decided that actually we should approach a completely different format this time because we do believe we're a non-profit organization and we believe that we have an obligation to our artistic community and our audiences to foster and promote the arts. And we thought... Look, it's it's going to be a big sacrifice in many respects, yeah. and, and digital is not for everybody, but this is at least something that we can do to make sure that the arts um, survive, uh, so that the show goes on, yeah. and the show goes on, mm. and also to demonstrate that we are in solidarity with a world that's facing challenges that we've never faced before, at least our mm. generation. Yeah. But the festival, uh, Monica, has so many different experiences. You've mm-hmm. got jazz, you've got comedy, you've got workshops. Um, will all of these experiences go digital? And how will this be done practically? We're trying our best to make sure that we are a multidisciplinary festival. Obviously, mm. we since 2017-18, we've had a digital arts festival called Creativate as part of us. But the reality is, is that digital arts is a discipline. Um, but our festival is a multidisciplinary festival. So we are looking at incorporating all of the elements. The South African, sorry, the State Bank, um, International Jazz Festival will continue to be a major feature of our, of our festival. Mm. One of the challenges there though is the lockdown provisions. Are we going to be able to get artists together in spaces to record? Mm. If we can't, there's a backup plan. But of course, jazz is, is a, is a, is a collective thing. Uh, mm. the musicians get together and play off one another, we are looking at a whole range of art forms. Visual arts through galleries, static galleries, we're hoping to do some walkthrough exhibitions. We're creating a virtual green um, to allow our crafters and vendors at least an opportunity to sort of create relationships with their suppliers so that they can speak to them directly. We are looking at music, performing arts, dance, the, the entire gamut of what we would normally have just on a, on a digital platform as best as we can. So which portals or spaces have you identified? 
Our website is going to be our primary portal. Um, mm-hmm. So that's www.nationalartsfestival.co.za. And we'll be carrying a lot of video content, audio content, webinars, tutorials, all of those kind of things through our, our own platform. And we're also exploring the possibility of creating an open access platform mm. for artists. Uh, we're hearing so many complaints that it's really difficult for artists to make revenue using current streaming platforms and that kind of thing. So we're thinking we will pilot an idea of an open access platform as part of the virtual festival and see if we can't get a better revenue system for artists as well. So what kind of things must artists consider when they make a proposal mm-hmm. to have their works showcased on, on, on this digi- digital platform? Well, probably the first of all, and, and Nikki Spalding, our technical director, when we were doing our talk to the team session, spoke to this so well, is to have a clear artistic vision. Um, you know, if, if all we're trying to do is to translate something from um, a live space into a digital space, mm. there's a very real chance that it won't work. Because if you know live theater or live music, there's a very real dynamic that takes place between the performers and the audience, which you're obviously unable to replicate in the digital space. Mm. Uh, length is an issue. Um, as much as we would like to, watching three hours of the full um, Hamlet is going to be very difficult in a digital space. Mm. So length is an important feature, but also innovation and creativity, um, because this is a very cluttered space. You're seeing everything from the guy creating a treadmill using dishwasher on his tiled floor Mm. to some extraordinary works um, from around the world. So we're really looking for innovation and creativity as the core, as the core elements. And then our production team will have a discussion about what's practical and feasible under the circumstances. And as always, we'll be there as a support to our artists to make sure that the productions are of the greatest quality possible to get onto our festival platform. And then, Monica, you know, we've always got people who don't have access to technology. Are we Mm. not leaving those people behind? Look, it's a big issue, Mm. um, and it's come up time and again. And in some respects, the festival is a a function of of context and space, like like anything. And in the same way that you have to be in Makanda to experience the live festival, Mm. there are prerequisites to experience the digital festival. But we are definitely talking to sponsors and donors and supporters to see if there is a way that we can make elements of the festival uh, accessible, uh, no matter where you are and what kind of platform you're using. And of course, because our festival speaks to the importance of, of accessibility of the arts, there will definitely be free content, but we will also be okay. selling tickets to just make sure that we can continue to value the experience of the arts Because as well. I was going to ask how the festival yeah. is going to make money now that it's going, to, mm. it's going digital. So what, we, what we're going to do is, similar to the festival program, is that there will be a daily schedule and we'll be selling subscription tickets um, per day. Mm. There will probably be some on-demand content as well, perhaps for live streaming events, if those become possible for us under under the disaster management protocols. But overall, you'll be able to buy your subscription to day one, day two. If you find us on day three and you want to go back and watch days one and two, those days will be available for you. The most important thing about putting things behind a paywall is to protect the artist's copyright. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that the that the work can then have a life beyond the festival, our festival, because uh, if our efforts come to fruition, we'll also have other festival directors from around the world joining us, watching, and hopefully taking an interest in what South African artists have to have to show in the digital space. And so we're really trying to protect the the artistic integrity and the artist rights as well. 
And then you tell us quickly about the Ideas Forum, where artists mm. can put their ideas yeah. um, forth. We, we decided that what we would do is ask for detailed proposals. What we created was an Ideas Forum, which is on our website, which allows um, folks to get in touch with us in a fairly structured way, um, just to talk about what they're planning on doing. That goes to our curatorial team and our artistic committee. And we have a good look at it. We really interrogate it. In many cases, we get in touch with the artist to discuss what their vision is and what they're trying to do. And what we're asking for is by the 30th of April for works that still need to be produced to be submitted as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And by the 15th of May, any pre-recorded works. So we're giving a little bit more time for the artistic community to respond uh, as we as we talk about it, as we explain what the concept is, so we get more and more interest. So we're trying as far as possible to kind of keep the window open for as long as we can. But we had a big meeting today, and the, we realized that we've got eight weeks to go before we go live on the 25th of June. Wow. So we don't have a lot of time mm-hmm. as well. So the importance will also be on something that's practical and doable, something that we can really do and do well in the next eight weeks. All right. Um, Monica, thank you so much for your time and all the best with uh, uh, the festival this year. Thank you so much. We hope to see you in the team there. We will. <laughs> we will. Online, definitely. <laughs> That's uh, um, Monica Newton. She's here of the National Arts Festival telling us about the new, I guess, the new way of attending festivals in the fourth industrial revolution.